Today's episode is brought to you by Surfing A, a Canadian freshwater surfing magazine created by the Central Canadian Surfing Association. The CCSA strives to develop, promote, support, and bring together the Canadian freshwater surfing communities and its athletes. Issue three of Surfing A is available for purchase at the Central Canadian Surfing Association's Facebook page and at Surf Ontario. We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resilience in the face of ongoing oppression and injustice. We believe that for true healing to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Aloha, freshies. Welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoked individuals, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing and stand-up paddleboarding. Get away into beautiful Owen Sound, Sauble Beach, or Grey Bruce, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced subcourses, tours, sub-surfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfkids.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy today. Want to get your zen on? Check out SUP Yoga and our Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation, and Healing classes. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony. Through movement, meditation, and breath, our classes allow you to connect with your true self so you can spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. Aloha Freshies, originating from Paris, France. In this episode, I chat with artist, illustrator, actor, athlete, tattoo artist, painter, you guys tired yet? Muralist, designer, freestyler, rapper, poet, cook, Great Lakes surfer, bodyboarder, and motivator, 
Yannick Ariel Torres Bihan. That's right. The frothing francophone is here. We talked to him from his Toronto penthouse suite, everybody. But hey, before we go there, we are in season two. And I want to say thank you for tuning in to Permastoke. I didn't know the show was going to become as popular as it did. I should have known. But you guys are hungry for this content. So I thank you for that. So keep listening. You're going to see some changes. You know, it's taking a lot of time and energy to do this podcast. So you're going to start to see some sponsors on the show. Um, But also, I'm trying to really loosen up my dialogue. You'll notice last season, I sounded a little bit like a robot sometimes. Everything was scripted and written down for me, all the intros and outros. I'm going to try to be a little more freestyle, a little more real with you guys. Um, You're going to see the continuation of amazing guests. I mean, we had great guests last season, and that continues on. And I will say, we go a little international this year. We start to... uh, go over into the American borders and get some pretty sweet guests from over there. I'm not going to reveal those yet. You're going to see them, but I assure you the majority of the show will remain Canadian content and Great Lakes content true to you guys. Um, But I just wanted to throw in a little diversity there. So, Hey, thanks for listening and keep on listening and keep on being stoked. Everybody. Um, I realize my shop is a little lean on merch. I get it. I'm working on it. It's it's a tough uh, go, guys. Lots going on, but all good things. I do want to throw out a plug, though, for Stoke Academy. You're going to see more SUP lessons, surf lessons this season. So hit me up and let's go in the water together. Peace. Yannick Ariel Behan. How's it going, bro? Welcome to Permastoked. Yes, sir. <laughs> Good to have you, man. Yep. Hey, you ever, you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, I haven't. I was told to be on one. Uh, one of my friends, he's a yoga teacher. Okay. And, uh, that was one. Uh, I ended up uh, doing a mini podcast with him out of nowhere in uh, okay. the CBC building. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, dude, you are like living it up in toronto then hey eh? you're right in the city proper yes nice and how yeah. long you been there for uh so i've basically when i moved from france i uh i was always in the beaches neighborhood okay. uh, when i was living in toronto so that was like my main hood yes gotcha okay but now are you more downtown uh so now i'm at um, on the upper beaches so i'm on top of the hill and uh, I actually have um, uh, the penthouse, so I can see all Woodbine Beach from uh, my view. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yes. So when the surf is up, you know it's up, eh? Uh, definitely. When, when it's coming in, like from the east, then, yeah, I'm the first one to see the swell. Oh, wow. You should be, you should be forecasting. That's, uh, that's literally what I've uh, talked about with Larry and... Uh, I looked at some cameras because the thing is the camera has to zoom in quite a few kilometers for oh, it to actually yeah. be visible. And also, um, but I do have like a, a way to mount it on the patio back there. Um, so I, I wish that would be a thing. I just got to look at the logistic and um, maybe go uh, go found me page for webcam for Woodbine Beach. <laughs> nice. That'd be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Right on. Well, hey, we'll, uh, we'll keep our eyes open for that. 
So you and I, we've been friends on Facebook for a few months now. Never met you before. We never chatted, but we're obviously part of the same Great Lakes surfing circle. And we're both, uh, you know, very active in those communities. So you stand out because I'm seeing posts from you on a daily basis. And basically a few days ago, I saw your videos regarding New Year's Eve and you were dancing. I'm thinking, this guy is freaking hilarious. I'm like, this guy has no shame. Like he's totally comfortable with himself, put himself out there. So that's how I sort of found out about you. And I've seen more of your videos probably around bodyboarding. And then notice you're always posting pictures of yourself doing art, of yourself tattooing. I mean, I read your Facebook page, man. It's crazy. It's like, this is what it says. Actor, airbrusher, artist, athlete, bodyboarder, cook, designer, freestyler. That's right. I always see you rapping online too. Stuntman, surfer, tattoo artist, thinker, writer, motivator, poet. Like, holy smokes, man. The list is freaking huge. So, dude, tell us about yourself, man. I'm fascinated, but I want to hear your story. Oh my God. Well, I don't know where to start. I got a long story. My life is, a uh, is, uh, yeah, it's quite a, a valley. Uh, well, you grew up in France, right? You're from France originally. Yes, that's okay. correct. So I was, uh, raised and born in Paris, Nice. uh, Paris city, France, um, for the, the water. I, um, I, I always learn how to, I learned how to swim really early. Uh, mm-hmm. My father was a great swimmer, athlete. Uh, he was also a marathon runner for wow. 30 years. Uh, he, he has intense cardio and he taught me how to rollerblade. So I always was into sports. And, um, and then I got to experience um, skimboarding uh, mm-hmm. when I was um, in Brittany, when I was around nine, eight. Um, uh, and then until 13, basically, I was skimboarding and we were doing shore break waves, just hitting the, the ramp and just doing flips, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was the beginning. Yeah, I started there. And then um, in when I was 15, I moved to Toronto. So okay. um, and then with my cousins, my cousins are from uh, they lived in Africa most of mm-hmm. their lives. Um, they're white, but they, they're black in the soul, you know, like they're vibing all the way in there. And, um, one of them lived in six countries in Africa, at least. And, um, uh, the other, I think three, and, uh, they've been bodyboarders like their whole life. And, uh, one of my cousin is the second champ. He's silver of France indoor bodyboarding artificial wave. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So you moved to Toronto when you were 15. So it sounds like you've yeah. been there about 20 years then. Yeah, exactly. It's been like uh, 18 years now. Um, wow. uh, 18 years or 19 years. I'm 34. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 19. And, um, and is all your family back there? Uh, so my dad, uh, I moved with my dad. He opened um, an art school called uh, Luke Sculpture. It was oh. really famous in the neighborhood of Greenwood and the uh, East End. Uh, that's how um, the East End art started, the art of the Danforth. Um, a lot of events started from there. The community was like really big. It was all about being um, 
a school that's fully uh, open to the public and uh, the public's views. So it wasn't really, you know, one with a curriculum and, you know. Wow, yeah. yeah. More free-spirited. Yes. <laughs> wow, so so you are not a first-generation um, artist or and all these things we listed off. You, you've gotten some of this from your dad and your, and your family, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right on. So is your dad around? Is he a daily inspiration for you? or? Uh, so my dad actually uh, just uh, left for retirement. He uh, okay. he moved near Vancouver Island now. Oh. Uh, yes, sir. Nice. So now you got an excuse <laughs> to go out that way, man, and hit up Tofino. Yes, yes. I've seen some videos from some uh, friends I met on the beach here, surfers. Yeah. And, uh, uh, wow, you'll, love, you'll love it, man. You'll love yeah. it, yeah. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. What's the yeah. town he moved to out there? Um, I don't know the town. I just know they're looking for a place, and they're kind of yeah. So far, it's a bit a, a bit up in the in the blue sky, but yeah, we'll okay. see. Okay, is yeah. it up? Are they moving to the island or on the mainland somewhere? Uh, no, they're they're moving to Spring Island. Oh, I see. One of those smaller islands. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Amazing stuff, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. So you, so, but your mom and do you have any siblings over in uh, France? Yeah. So my mom, uh, my uh, little sister, uh, well, my, my big sister, but she's my little sister. It's just, I have a, a lot of siblings now that just appeared with my father. Yeah. Uh, my mom. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad just kept going at it, I guess. Wow. You know? Round yeah, two. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have some half brothers and sisters. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So my uh, yeah, my mom, uh, all my dad's family is basically in France. Uh, so I'm French uh, from that side of the family, the father, and then on my mother's side, I have uh, 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 basically a lot, much more. Um, like I have native roots, Italian roots. Uh, I have. Uh, um, the whole Mediterranean Sea, and then and then it just goes to far East Asia to Africa. So it's oh really, yeah, it's magnificent. Oh, I was <laughs> guessing you had some sort of maybe South American or Spanish roots as well because of the Torres, yeah. right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, so so that's actually the um, it's the the uh, so. I have Italian background and then the Italian background splits into the Iberian region, which mm -hmm. is Portugal. Uh, and I actually have some friends that are named Torres. And I also have some friends that are named Torres from South America. And yeah. Torres are like, there's famous pro skaters named Torres. There's a lot of really famous athletes in the world named Torres. And, um, and yeah, and then there's, there's different family. There's the, the Ramirez, um, but that's all the same family. Wow. Huge amount of people in uh, Latin America and, and people have kids because there's it's a beautiful life out there. So, yeah. Wow, man. You're like a cornucopia of culture. So yes. what languages do you speak? Uh, French. Uh, je parle français. Uh, I speak English from uh, Toronto. Uh, I actually learned English in Toronto. So I, I was completely oblivious to the whole language. Oh, you came know. to Canada just francophone not speaking english wow yes <laughs> and what was your first thing you did when you got to toronto did you go to school or something yeah so i got to uh, an amazing uh, french school um oh, downtown okay. 
uh, by uh, Young and College. Oh, okay. Uh, Collège Français. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of eased you into the uh, Toronto life then. Yes. You could still speak French. And so how did you learn English? Did you take some courses or just watch TV or listen to people? How did that work? That's the first thing I wanted to say because I find it hilarious. I actually, <laughs> I got to the, the principal's office and Monsieur Ibrahim was hilarious. He just like, I hope I don't put him on the spot, but um, that man was just like so awesome. And the principal was like awesome. I think he was Quebec French and okay. Ibrahim was more like African French. And, uh, and yeah, and then he said like, the first thing you're going to learn is swear words. Don't worry. It's okay if you do, because we get it. You can replace the F word with anything and it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah. Well, my mom's side of my family is French. And so my grandfather, really? you know, yeah, he would swear a lot. Uh, my mom's side, they're called the Rive family. Oh, Le Rive, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he would, you know, I always found it interesting how French, you know, the way to swear is to basically insult the church. So yeah. it'd be like, Tavernac, Chris, you know, these. <laughs> yeah, Chris de Calis, Dustin de Calin de Bean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the it's, English language has some colorful words though as well. Yes, it's beautiful. Like, it's, it's funny to see the, and as I moved from France, it was it was amazing because I, I heard of Quebec people from uh, the radio stations. Uh, uh, unfortunately, they, I guess they used to make fun of Quebec French people because of their accent and especially the ones really far out in the country. Yeah. So they used I to don't know if that stopped. <laughs> There's always a bit of a divide there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I went there, I lived there, and I love Montreal. I love, uh, like, I haven't been to Quebec City, but I lived in Montreal. And I've even surfed the Habitat 67, mm. and which is the, it's the San Laurent River. Is that the river, river wave. wave there? Yeah, yeah. It's Amazing. Yeah. Like, as a first time, I was like, <laughs> he, like, everything he told me happened. And, and even the things I don't want to happen, <laughs> happened yeah. almost. So I was like, wow. So what was that sensation like riding a river wave compared to a regular ocean or lake wave? So so basically like uh, riding um, the Saint Laurent was, uh, I, I thought of it as the wave skater wave that I've had in uh, France, in Bordeaux with my cousin um, at the Wave Cafe. And so basically I was like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, it's it's just you got to paddle fast and then they said you have to catch up with the wave and then I was like wow it's like big waves you have to go really fast to catch them and then and then I start going and you see the current just takes you away slowly and just and it's like yeah, it's slow at the beginning but it accelerates and I'm like okay okay and then I have this in my mind and I'm I'm paddling and I, he's like make sure you direct yourself towards the wave so you're like position yourself where that like little pit is and then the wave was not really breaking at the top. It was kind of like, no. like round like this, but okay. it was pretty big. Like, so, so it went and then within five meters, uh, there was, it was really, really fast. Like I was basically, I was basically here and I could feel the scoop and I just went, Whoom! and then all of a sudden I'm, and I'm paddling, paddling, paddling. And I, <laughs> I feel like. This <laughs> you're being sucked crystal. backwards oh my god and i got uh, sent like and i was like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 uh, and i was like leaning i was like eating the water as i was going oh wow <laughs> yeah it was so, tough but, yeah 
So did you start surfing before you came to Canada? Were you surfing in the ocean somewhere in uh, yes. Europe or? Yeah, so uh, so my cousins, we used to meet uh, with my family, my Celtic family. So my father's family is, uh, um, they're rooted in the same part of France for like the past millenniums. Wow. So they lived there forever. And then before that, there was a split with some Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was uh, the, the roots of the Celtics that actually come from the Sahara. Uh, oh, okay. So I've heard. So I have some uh, Arabic Saudit, and it, that might be where some of the Celtics actually live. Uh, so I heard. So basically, we met we met there, and then we would spend like all the summers in Brittany. So that's where we uh, we would surf. There's a, a spot called uh, Boutrouy, and okay. um, they have uh, they have a lot of like uh, it's like small waves from the sea. But when it comes in, it comes from like Scotland, mm. and so the waves are coming from, I think they call it the, the sleeve. What is it? La Manche. We call it La Manche. Um, it's the sea between Great Britain and France. Okay. And, uh, and it's kind of like, uh, it's between the ocean, Atlant- Atlantic Ocean, and then the, um, uh, the, the sea, the big sea that's like in between uh, inland, uh, Ireland and all of that, and then mm. the Netherlands and all of that. Yeah. So those big swell would come in, and then with my cousin, he uh, he always had bodyboards from Africa, and then they left the bodyboards here. They were like these cool kids, and then they're like, "Yeah, come with us. We're gonna teach you." And so then, like, since we were babies, basically, like, and when they weren't there, and I couldn't get a board, like I remember I was like four years old, and I was bodyboarding on like a pink uh, plastic surfboard with two handles mm. uh, that was like filled up with air, and then yeah. I would take the shore break with a uh, with it, and just like. Like the wave was like, like, like a barrel for me at that age. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And then it just like pound me on the sand with like teeny tiny gravels, and then I would just be like, yeah. Yeah. You so, know, you yeah. and I have a. I've had that very same similar experience. I remember being a child so small that yeah. the wave picked me up, slammed me on the ground, and then I just remember being belted with all these little stone pellets. Yes. And rather than be like, oh, mommy, get me out of here, was like, whoa, that was awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you're stoked and you don't even know what it is. Like you're too young to really put it together. But yeah, that was the beginning of my love affair with the water. Sounds like the similar story with you. Yeah, it, it's it's a feeling that's indescribable. And as a little kid, because of my family, you have to understand my the Celtic people, they take pride in cold water. Just okay. like Wim Hof, there's this oh, culture yeah. where we really get into cold water, like nine degrees water. Wow. And we will just swim in nine degrees water and the whole family will go. The grandfather, the the, the wife, the the grandmother, like everybody, the uncles, the grand uncles, their fishermen. Uh, so I, I went fishing since I was a kid, like, like it's like the sea. Whenever I went there, like everybody knew my name. The the person for, that owns the camping knows my name. Since I was a little tiny kid, I was buying candies like at the lighthouse. It's yeah, it's it, it was it's like a beautiful place. You should check it out. Well, you know, everybody talks about the home country, the motherland, like it's so incredible, but yet. You know, you're over here. So do you ever miss it? Or is Canada, does Canada just, 
have that something else that keeps you here that you really love as well. So anyways, I just wanted to say like Kerlouan is the place you should uh, Google. If you okay. guys want to Google like a uh, beautiful place and you will see a house in the stones and then there's a lighthouse is Brignogon. And this okay. is uh, this is my hood. <laughs> okay. I might need you to email that to me later spelled out and I can put it in the show notes. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, it's funny you say that, that question, because um, so COVID happened this year and uh, I, uh, I was to the disadvantage to not be able to really like go to France and I wasn't sure if I was going to come back and then, you know, there's responsibilities here and there. So, yeah. So um, normally would you travel there for a visit or something? Exactly. Yeah, Every okay. summer I go, uh, I go to France and I usually do like a little tour or something. I see all my family, my friends um, from childhood that, you know, still kicking around and having a beautiful life. And so, you know, they, they, they live in those places and I, I really want to just experience some of those cities, city, those cities in France. Like I went to Marseille. I know mm. there's no surf, but I um, I experienced the biggest artificial wave in the world. Really? Yeah. It wow. was like literally like that face. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like I, I have to post the video. Uh, it's I actually, it just reminded me. Um, but basically, so I took a bodyboard and I wasn't good at stand up surfing um, back then still. So, and I've been bodyboarding since I was like, um, you know, 11, like 10 with my cousins until yeah. like 14. And then I kind of stopped as soon as I went to Canada. But then I went to Monteux, it's called, it's Monteux and it's a water park and they have a, a tubing uh, wave mm. that's uh, three meters tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. So you're hitting the big waves, the artificial big waves. Yeah, I, I got a chance to do that. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Lionel from uh, Bordeaux, uh, he's the he's the uh, French champ of um, artificial wave on bodyboards. Yeah, yeah. So he does like rollos. Like he did like two rollos, which is two spins on your own body, like mm. up in the air at that height. And I was like, wow. and I saw the wave, I saw the top and I was like, no, no. <laughs> I saw the power, like you feel like your, your jewelries are just getting smashed by little bubbles of water that just yeah. coming at you at 40 K an hour. Like it's, it's really fast. Yeah. And when you fall, I'm going to assume it hurts. You're falling on plastic or something, aren't you? It's not like falling in the, in the ocean. No, no. Well, the ocean can be quite savage too. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. It's like artificial and you, you just see that thing like on the landing and you know, it's there. And, <laughs> and, and then there's a, so basically it's like, um, uh, and I was telling to surf Ontario, you know, about the wave pool, like mm -hmm. how like it functions and all that. Cause I've seen many of them and it's, it's beautiful, but yeah, so it's like a mat, right? Like a, like a vinyl and then you have foam underneath, underneath it. Oh, okay. So there's this and then on the landing, so it's kind of like, it's oriented like, like this, it goes like this and then it opens up. So the barrel shapes up like really big. And okay. then, and then when, when it, when it just throws the water, it just goes like that. And then it does the full circle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then on the landing here, you have like a little like area like this. And then it's yeah. just mats, like swimming pool mats. Oh, off to the side, yeah. 
And so I went and then I asked to power up the wave because I was like, no, guys, I want the tube. And, uh, you know, I'm a bodyboarder, so I want to experience that. And uh, so they crank it up to power five, uh, which is uh, the most they went that day is power seven. Okay. And the guys were doing uh, airs uh, from the States. Some guys from California Mm. were there and they were doing 180 airs off the, the tube. And I was like, and the thing is, as I mentioned on the bodyboard, like it actually hurts. Like, yeah. So you, it's a bit warrior-ish. Hurt on the ribs, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the ribs. Um, I guess now they're kind of used to it, but uh, yeah, mostly what's off the board, right? Yeah. And then, and then basically, uh, when I when I went in the tube, I was in the tube, and then all of a sudden, I was trying to go up and down. And as I went up and down to try to pump the wave, go to the front, do something, a cutback or something, then somehow a spit came and then boom, I got tossed on the top of the wave wow. over the falls. I landed and I remember doing, seeing everything twice. So I did <laughs> two, two backflips, I think. Whoa. And then, and then I, I landed sideways like this. And I remember at one point going like this and then seeing my finger getting stuck on the mat. Oh, no. Seeing the mat with the, the ridge like this and then my finger. And then I'm like, <gasps> and I took out the finger and then I got smashed at the end of a wall. And I was wow. like, wow, that was so cool. That's <laughs> intense. Yeah. So you got sucked right into this thing and it pulled you right over the lip and threw you back down. Yeah, right on the mat. Wow. <laughs> but it was actually not painful. Like, I, I have no idea. I think it's the way they they built the the landing, so it must be softened out. Yeah. Um, because I think the barrel goes like this, and then it, it kind of it kind of gets so it's big at the beginning, and then it gets tighter as like you go over the falls. Yeah. So there's got to be a way where it's like it lands on something soft. Yeah. Okay. You think we'll ever see one of these things in uh, Toronto? I, I am I am praying every day. Yeah. <laughs> That would be awesome. Yes. So I was out uh, on the weekend on a hike by a mm-hmm. river here in Owen Sound. And yeah. I found this ri- this river. I wasn't aware of uh, that it really picks up the speed. And I was finding some spots where it kind of dipped in and it was creating like a little miniature standing wave. So mm-hmm. I sent the videos off to my friend there in uh, Alberta. Um Jacob Kelly Quinlan, the, the man with all, behind the river wave scene. And nice. so he, uh, he was saying, yeah, there's some potential there. So I think yeah. it would be great to, to develop some of those too, because it's, it's already there. It's just natural, right? That's it. It's yeah. less infrastructure. You don't have to build all these different things. And it just brings people to the area. So We'll see. That's my dream one day to see some more of those river waves in this area that we can access some surf. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. There, there's some uh, in uh, in the GTA. I'm not allowed to say. Okay. Uh, I know there's one, and uh, I've seen it. It's really small. It looks like barely you can. And they told me it's like. You're on the wave, but you're bored. You just got it really pointed out, but still be still in the right spot so you can still uh, stay on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Don't blow those spots. Wow. That's what people are getting really upset about these days. Yeah. It's like, I I mean, the thing is, I understand. Um, I guess there is sometimes uh, like some competitive spirit in the water. 
Mm-hmm. And and it does happen when people are waiting and waiting and they just want to get that wave. And you can feel everybody like, I'm going to get it no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's just, there's that that spirit. And, and you see so, so many different attitudes, which is beautiful. Mm. So, you know, there's a bit of that. And then there's the people that go, there's the people that don't know, there's the people that uh, go tell you, there's the people that... Um, uh, go don't tell you and then there's there's a lot of different and then there's the people that you want to communicate with that are right there and then you make body buddies and yeah and you make like crazy friends and like the community is tight like it's so amazing yes yeah it's nice that you look at that diversity as amazing um because some people it would just piss them off so it's good that you can see through that and, and understand where people are coming from, I guess. Yeah, I have, I have some friends that write a little bit like this. And, and you know, uh, I get it. It's like I've surfed in uh, Lacano and, uh, and I've screened at a German guy. And I told him, like, get off my wave okay. <laughs> when I was on my wave because... Yeah. That wave was seven meters tall face wow. and it was just like, it was a wall of water that was just like, and that was the the wedge. Like just, it was like two big waves, I guess, from the, the oh, ocean okay. Atlantic that went like this. And yeah. I ended up being right in front of it. And then this guy was at the top. He was thinking Ooh. about the peak and I was like, no, because <laughs> <laughs> you're committed, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and I think there's this beautiful thing that when you let people have their own wave, and, and that's the, the true magic of it. And that's the reason why I will let somebody have a good wave, especially if I see they have it. The reason is because there might be a beautiful one afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if we both go, then we might not get the one after. So, <laughs> No. Uh, the father of surfing, Duke Kahanamoku, said, you know, one wave comes and then another one comes right after so if you miss it there's plenty more there's there's some for everybody so it's nothing to get all bent out of shape about um yeah man so when you came to toronto did you think that surfing was over or did you hear the whisperings of the lake surfing scene Nothing. I literally, no. I, I got to Toronto. I was probably like, uh, like, I mean, I don't know. Nowadays with the, the media coverage um, yeah. surfers have on the lakes is different. But uh, when I got there, uh, I remember there was a stormy uh, afternoon. I was probably like, like 16. And then, and then I saw some waves and I literally, I came out of the swimming pool where we used to do like diving competitions, like, like diving off five meters and stuff like this with some friends when I was 13 and over. Mm -hmm. And so, so I got out of the the swimming pool and I saw some waves and I just, I I was exhausted. Right. But then I got out and you know, you're young. I just took out all my clothes. I put them, I left them right on the, the, the boardwalk and I just ran and dived right into a wave. And I was like, Oh my God, there's waves. I love this place. And ever since I was like, I always want to stay in this neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. So this was when you were younger and you were visiting Toronto? Uh, yeah, so I started visiting when I was uh, 13. Oh, and okay. uh, I used to, I, I started playing hockey, like uh, insanely with a Maple Leaf uh, professional from like 40 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, Fred, 
Um, and then basically I was always at uh, Queens. I think he was a uh, Maple Leafs at least, but he said he was a pro and he's a pro. <laughs> you can yeah, tell. Yeah. Like, you know, this stuff you don't make up when you're, you're, you see real skills. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we did, uh, we did hockey and then, uh, and then I wanted to go in the summer. So then I was always at the Woodbine swimming pool, mm. um, enjoying, uh, you know, nice. I didn't really, uh, go in the lake the only day i went in the lake was when there was that wave yeah. all right uh, i lived in toronto from about 2005 to 2007 it's too bad uh we didn't know about each other back then i i think i was hardly using facebook at the time i'm not even sure if we really had facebook then but no i didn't yeah yeah i'm not i don't quite recall but yeah when i was living in toronto and i came from you know lake erie I, really? nice. Yeah, I didn't know there was a Toronto surfing scene, really. And then I found out about Mike Sandusky. So I did know there was a handful of people. But wow. it certainly wasn't, you know, what it is now with, you know, multiple shops and all these uh, Facebook groups and different things. The, the community has exploded. So it seems like you're a pretty, uh, probably a pretty well-known figure in that community, really, uh enjoy it get along with people like i the thing is uh like uh i, I guess uh yeah like when the thing about surfing is that i started surfing in the winter yeah and i started surfing in the winter as soon as i moved back in my neighborhood because i, I lived in the west end for a little bit i okay. was uh, painting uh, a whole building with spray paint and um uh ropes from a construction site and I basically uh, hanged off the building and painted his whole building uh, wow. to live uh, with this uh, hippie uh, for free. Um, nice. You know, like a motorcycle guy. And then, and it was kind of my dream to do that. So I, I achieved it. And then I wanted to find a, a beautiful wife and a beautiful place. So I found a wife, I found a place, and I moved in the perfect apartment that I wanted, in the penthouse. And then I saw the waves in the winter and a year later, I basically, uh, I, I looked into like water sports because I saw uh, kite surfing guys uh, yeah. videos. And then I was like, oh, you can actually go in the cold water. And I saw the waves in the winter from my building. And mm -hmm. I could see like, like, like white foam, like, like yeah. five meter of white foam. And I could see like a black hole. And I was <laughs> like, is there barrels at Woodbine Beach? Wow. And that's when, like, I was like, okay, like, this, this is getting serious. Like, yeah. I cannot let this, uh, this opportunity go. So I bought a, a heavy wetsuit. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I finally found this amazing, like, uh, bodyboard. Okay. And that's what I knew how to do. So um, I, went, uh, I went once. And, and then once, basically what I was getting at is that once you go in cold water and you realize how lonely you are in the cold water, you want to attach on to anyone you see around. Oh, like yeah. Support, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, emotional support. Go surfing in the winter. Yeah, it's an, yes. it's an immediate bond, isn't it? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's easier to meet people in the winter surf than it is out on a sunny day in the summer or something. Yeah, yeah, all depending, right? But it's yeah, true because yeah. you're like, oh my god, you're doing this too. Like, yeah, like whoa, yeah. Uh, what's your name, bro? Like, <laughs> you're yeah. crazy like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're both crazy. I love awesome. It. 
So, so dude, the art thing, like, so you mentioned your dad is an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. and here you are hanging off buildings at a pretty young age painting. Yeah. So, you know, tell me, walk me through that journey a little bit. And how did you get skilled at, you know, tattooing and airbrushing and whatever else it is you do? You probably do some regular painting, I'm sure. So... Uh, how to how to put this? There's so many steps that you know brought me there. Um, so and there's multiple people. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, uh, I had the taste for art since I was a kid, and mm-hmm. whether it was a, a jokingly thing that I would do, I always drew. I used to mm-hmm. draw stick figures. Uh, I was uh, I was terrified of the war when I was a kid. So I used to do therapy for myself and uh, and sketch uh, war zones, mm. and uh, and <laughs> and then afterwards, yeah, like just like soldiers attacking each other, and then I was fascinated by it, and then and then fast forward, um, I also, uh, let's go back when I was a baby. I did graffiti with uh, lipstick. Uh, okay. I painted all uh, the wall with a Chanel uh, lipstick from my mother from Paris. Oh, nice. Um, when I we bet lived she at loved Lounge, that. Yeah, by the by the the red mill of uh, uh, Paris, uh, Le Moulin Rouge. Mm. Yeah. So and then afterwards, uh, because we were at the sea all the time, and uh, my grandfather always brought me to Bretagne. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather Joseph. So what happened is that he was a he's a famous painter, and he started painting, and uh, and he was also um, uh, helped out by my mother who helped me to do my first color painting and, uh, and, and also helped me do my first crayon color, color drawing. So basically mm. it was an illustration for um, uh, prehistoric times. That was the crayon drawing when I was like, I think six or seven. At nine, I did my first uh, uh, impressionism painting. Uh, it was of a pear and uh, uh, an apple and uh, a pot. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was in uh, uh, 1999. And then I did another painting. Uh, it was like kind of like a Monet painting. Um, and then this one. Uh, and then afterwards, I did waves with my grandfather because okay. my grandfather is from the sea. He became an artist. By that time, he was like really good. He was doing exhibitions, mm-hmm. still learning. My mother and my father met in the Beaux-Arts in California. Wow. Yeah, so it was just like in the blood. And my grand-grandmother yeah. used to do art for the market in Brittany uh, for all those Celtic uh, cooks and, and beautiful yeah. people. And yeah, so. so. So art was running through your blood. Man, I'm really, uh, I like hearing you talk about your heritage and you're really connected and plugged into that. I'm a little jealous of that. I My yeah. heritage is quite a mystery to me if you can learn more about your your heritage the reason why i do is because my grandfather did a genealogical tree of uh, near 2000 years back yeah wow uh yeah which is uh pretty much impossible yeah because uh there and he went past the french revolution uh so he went like uh past a millennium and um and 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 at the french revolution we had two families separate um, but also I did the DNA uh, test and, yeah. uh, and that's how I was able to know about all the different routes. Oh, okay. And my mom told me about a lot of them and, 
because she's a she's a beautiful soul that talks uh so much sometimes i feel like maybe there's some stuff added on yeah but it was actually true and then i'm like wow that's even better (laughs) yeah it really is it just kind of solidifies what you're already thinking I also want to do one of those uh, genealogy tests uh, sometime. That would be cool. It's so worth it. You know, I think it's a tragedy that we, so many of us don't know more about our heritage. I mean, when you think about it, is it really that hard to, you know, keep a journal people or keep a list and hand it down to the next generation? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a tragedy that we don't, keep better track of those things. I mean, think of all the things someone does in their life and all the pieces of paper they write on and everything like this. And yet we lose, so many of us have lost that ability to, to track down even past your great grandparents, you know, yeah, is about as far as a lot of people can go. Yeah. Because that's, that's, uh, well, so he looks into the um, he looks into the the the, the mayor's records. So like mm. um, the each vicinity should have records of all the weddings. So okay. basically, when they do a wedding or there's a certificate of birth, that's how you would be able to trace it down. Oh, okay. And so he's traced down. Like you should have seen the genealogical tree. He had to do it by computer because it was getting so big. Wow. Like he had a piece of paper that he had to roll out and it was like the size of a wall. And I was like, and it's written like this, like, you're like, what in the world is happening? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but seeing that and yeah. So speaking of of marriage, you brought up the fact that you moved to Toronto, you wanted the big, nice penthouse apartment and you wanted a wife and you found both of them. I see you sitting in the penthouse apartment. Where is your wife? She's uh, making sure that she's quiet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I got you. I told so, her, apparently we got to be silent in the background. <laughs> okay, okay. Is yeah. she the woman I saw in the New Year's video? Yes, sir. I would freaking hope so, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Or else you'd be, you'd okay. be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So that's what's her name? Uh, Laura. Laura, okay, and is she yeah. a Canadian, you know, all the way, or did she come from uh, somewhere grand as well? Uh, I mean, it, well, uh, uh, she she doesn't know much more of her background, Passa, but she's uh, Aboriginal, uh, oh, cool. uh, native um, uh, native North American, so Canadian, Very and nice. um, and she's mixed uh, French and uh, basically uh, native. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yes, sir. So tell me, you know, you've, you've told me a bit about the art and that, but drawing and painting is very different than tattooing. So eventually you must've got a tattoo gun in your hand and it looks like you do a pretty good job at it. I mean, you're not just doing stick figures, you're doing the whole shading and everything else. So, Tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into that and how did you um, refine your skills? So, uh, um, so well, I started because I was kind of bored of my body and, and I wanted to decorate it. Mm, so yeah. um, I was an artist and I was doing uh, airbrush because I wanted to stop spray painting because I, uh, I felt like I was uh, going a little sideways with my life because I was painting too much uh, 
stuff where I wasn't supposed to. Mm. And, um, and I was really good at it. Uh, cause I, I never got caught, but for really, 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 really long time. But, um, uh, the thing is I wanted to settle my life down. So as I came back from, uh, Montreal, I kind of, you know, I needed to doze off from the hardcore years mm. and, um, of like, you know, trying to be like a old teenager, young adult. And, and then okay. I was like, I want to be an adult. So I need to find what I'm good at. And since I was 14, I was looking for that. I've been looking for literally what is my my passion? What What is my drive? What is it that I want to do for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. I don't want to study math. I want to I want to just know who I am. Am I a philosopher? Am I an adventurer? Am I uh, someone who will, you know, I love talking to people, inspiring yeah. people, changing people. I think you're people. a bit of all those things. I hope so. I yeah. sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I pushed uh, towards that. And then as I was doing airbrushing, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to get a tattoo. I got the tattoo from uh, one of my friend's shop downtown. And um, I know a lot of you know shop owners by now. And they're beautiful souls, beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, my God. like uh, It's a little pricey. And I was like, oh, I, yeah. I was eating for 20 bucks a week. Um, yeah. at that time because I was an artist you have to mm. understand <laughs> I uh, the only commission I got was 40 bucks for um, uh, for a t-shirt and you know it would cost me um, you know like so I would make 20 bucks basically a week and then that's what I was spending on food and then I was working in an art store you know so I was barely like scratching the crumbs and okay. um, and then basically uh, I uh, I I got that tattoo. I saw how expensive it was, which was a regular price, I guess, you know, downtown. And then, uh, and then afterwards I was like, okay, yeah, I need to get a machine. So I asked my friend, like, uh, you know, shop owner, like, Hey, where do I get a machine? And then uh, he's like, Oh, just get one there, there. And then I was like, Oh, that's too expensive. So then I I found a guy and then he, he he meets me downtown and he's like, Hey dude, like (laughs) this, like it's going to change your life, bro. And he was like so gangster. Yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he was like actual like he told me like you don't know you are my place. Like I was like, what the hell? I loved yeah. it. It was just out of a movie, like literally, like yeah, like a James Bond movie, and I'm meeting this guy that you know the CIA is looking for. And we we're yeah. like, what the hell? I loved it. Like and then wanted like, tattoo artist. Yeah, and he sold me the shittiest equipment, but it was beautiful because okay. I learned from there. I tattooed myself a lot. And then mm-hmm. I did all the tattoos I wanted on myself. I was like, I might as well just do it myself because I'm yeah. pretty hardcore already. So, and I dealt a lot with uh, physical pain in my life, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, uh, you know, traumatic events in my life since I was a kid too. I had a beautiful life, but at the same time I had, you know, some really uh, hardcore bad stuff that happened too. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I had the, the endurance to sustain, you know, uh, some physical pain and and um, a certain uh, mental um, uh, strength, mm-hmm. uh, if I may. So, uh, not that I'm, you know, definitely not the strongest guy out there, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to prove that or by any means, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like. Uh, so I, I started tattooing myself, and then and then after this, I'm like showing my friends, and then my friends are like, "Oh my god." can you do one for me? I'm like, I suck. Like, don't ask me that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know you. Who's your friend? What? How? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. They'll, they'll give you like uh, you know, some scratch. And then I'm like, what? And then, and then I'm just like, 
And then I remember, and then the first tattoo, I was young. The, they were young. They were drinking. It was literally the worst tattoo scenario you could ever think of. Okay. And I still know them to this day, which is, mm -hmm. which is actually crazy to know that. And, uh, and, and they don't regret anything. And, and, you know, a lot of the people, I, you know, they were well aware of my situation. And then slowly I built up and I turned my realism from airbrushing uh, mm -hmm. that I picked up from wor working at my dad's school uh, with some of the most amazing teachers in, uh, in Toronto and in Ontario and in the world. Um, I uh, got a chance to learn with uh, Lester, um, with uh, Gary Smith, uh, gold medalist of uh, Musée du Louvre uh, Paris, um, world medal for like uh, soft pastel. So he was like a great teacher for realism, portraits. Um, later on, I, I got to do... Um, uh, something with uh, Atanar Dogen. Uh, he's the he he was on National Geographic for uh, mm. his uh, watercolor. He's he's uh, I think he's a well he's a world renowned, but I don't know if he's got any medals or anything. Yeah, yeah. But he's a great guy, and um, yeah. So I got to learn with a lot of these people, and then I applied those skills. But I knew that the tattoo was not the same, so I definitely uh, was really humble. Did a lot of line work for a really long time. Did a lot of simple work for a really long time. And uh, it's only maybe half a destiny or like uh, half a dozen years later that I really dived into realism. Um, mm. I went to work in some shops downtown um, and in the neighborhood. And then I uh, I got to be around some uh, really talented artists uh, worldwide. And I... Um, I learned some skills that are just like out of this world. And, and I also learned it on myself. So I, I had a true sense of what the needle feels like. Mm -hmm. And I took pride in tattooing myself as much as I would tattoo people. So I would not yeah. like stay a year without a tattoo on myself. So you must start somewhere that's easy to reach, I take it, like the legs or the, the calf or something like that, maybe the forearm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually um, I did a I did a tattoo on my uh, my lower hip. Okay. Um, so I was a really spiritual guy. So I got uh, I got I got uh, this symbol, okay. uh, which is present in um, um, a book. I was doing a lot of meditation and yoga mm -hmm. and uh, deep breathing, um, kung fu, uh, tai chi, uh, Shaolin bow staff. Uh, I used to take pride in the spiritualism, mm -hmm. um, like way beyond. And, uh, I did like, I starved myself and did a lot of crazy things. So, so for me, those symbols meant a lot. And mm -hmm. I really wanted that to be on my body mm -hmm. as a reminder that yeah. this is who you are. And whenever I look at myself, um, um, whether I look good or bad, <laughs> hopefully good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then you know hey like you are that person and yeah. you went through that stage in your life you yeah. change your life around look at who you are this is who you are you yeah. have the eye of dharma now you can yeah. look for truth in reality mm -hmm. and and then just having that as a reminder and then i got a soul tattoo kenji on uh, on my hip uh which i added a star um representing that my soul was attached to the stars so nice. you know a little space sometimes so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but, uh, the fun that's the fun of tattoos though 
Yeah, similarly, I got this um, on my wrist. This is the type of the yoga I perform and teach. Um, this yeah, is from yeah. that lineage. So that says Sat Nam in Punjabi, which means uh, true self. So yeah. very similar, you know, you look at that and it's just like a reminder to kind of get your head straight when your yes. head isn't straight, you know, so I, I feel you there. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it, it's something like, you know, if you have if you have this uh, possibility in your life to do um, some, and it, it's funny because sometimes it's a uh, it's a little bit dapped 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 upon. Like people will dapped upon this idea, uh, if I may say. So there, but there's uh, but soul searching is really important and. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason of soul searching is knowing your true core, knowing your true self, your true personality, uh, mm. the gift that made you the fruit that you are and from which tree you come from. Um, uh, the thing is, it's very easy to be uh, stuck in a nine to five. Um, it's almost easy in the fact that like I did nine to five, I did. I did even 5 a.m. to to 2 p.m. You know, construction yeah. works. It's pretty simple. Is find out what you love. Mm -hmm. Once you know what you love, you love it. There's something you can do, like while you're sleeping. Or well, look at all these beads. I just <laughs> broke my necklace. Oh. It's beautiful. Is that a mala necklace? That's uh actually this. These are from Tibet, and nice. so are the no. These are are they from Afghanistan? And then those are from uh, Nepal, Tibet. Oh, okay. uh, I got them from a Tibetan uh, refugee right um, in the streets. And uh, yeah, so basically I'll collect them after. <laughs> it's an old, uh, it's an old biting. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> um, and beautiful pearls and they're real. Yeah, they're very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one on my foot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're everywhere in all the crevices. Yes, sir. So basically, <laughs> I love it. So find out what you love. Like, yeah. um, and I, I mean, love in the sense that you're comfortable doing it and you, uh, and, and then, and your passions, what the things that you can do. And, and, um, and then once you have that, um, uh, experiment in different fields that are attached to that. Mm -hmm. Because not all fields are easy, or maybe you're not as good as a, businessman in one field and the other so that's what happened to me with airbrushing like I felt like I was I was good at airbrushing but I was uh, I might not be the man that would airbrush uh, uh, only for the rest of his life mm. I felt like there was something else I needed to keep digging so I, I kept on and then before that I was doing spray painting and uh, I was doing uh, spray painting murals and skate parks uh, in the streets and um beep 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 in a lot of places and then basically after a while i was like okay well you know i spent ten thousand dollars like in three years on spray paints and i'm barely scratching the surface i barely have any food in my fridge and that's when you know i, I left and i turned into like basically a yogi mm -hmm. for two years uh which is not the three years concept from real yogi so mm -hmm. definitely not there but <laughs> i did my little journey and then when when i really when I did my journey, I, I, I learned that it was okay to suffer mm. uh, because you get become more sensitive. When you're more mm. spiritual, you become more sensitive and you, you pick up on people's energy. You pick up on 
everything. Your third eye is wide open. Like mm -hmm. your soul can can float. You can just, there's beautiful things you can do if you really, really get deep in the yeah. rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I passed from that to that. And then as I saw that certain things were making a little scratch here and there, I kept on doing them. And then eventually it added up. And I always believe little by little, you become less little. Mm. Explain. Well, it just takes little steps each time to get a little higher. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It makes sense. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, what you're saying, man, it, it resonates. I think it's true. Yep. So, so hey, you know the tattooing. Um, oh, I'll show you this tattoo of mine. This is uh, these sure. are my these are my fish, my fish scales. Yes, sir. To remind me, you know, that I belong in the water. I um, love it. And then my friend who did this tattoo, his name is Mayo Landicho, and he lives in Vancouver, and he trained. Well, he trained, you know, with the tattoo gun and everything, but he actually went to his homeland in uh, Philippines and he yes. went up in the mountains and I forget the name of the lady right now, but she's like the oldest tattoo artist in the world. And she does the, like the hand yeah. tapping. I have a few friends that met her. It's incredible. Yeah. So was he like, did that. Yeah. Wow. There's a CBC special about him going up she to the mountains. He doesn't tattoo anymore. It's done. Now it's her daughter. Yeah, it's uh, several women I heard. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he got blessed by her and she passed down the, the craft to him. So actually four of these scales he did in the hand tapping method. So that was really cool. And we did kind of like a, you know, a bit of a spiritual ceremony beforehand. And uh, it was very unique. It, it was amazing because when I sought him out as a tattoo artist, I was blown away by this guy because prior my experience with tattoos, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with this is you go into some place and it's like, no offense to bikers and Harley Davidson guys, but it's like a bunch of bikers and Harley Davidson guys. And you're kind of uncomfortable because it's just not the world you come from. And it's like, what the hell am I doing here? And yeah. so I've been under the tattoo gun a couple of times. And, you know, this one time, for example, the guy's drinking beer and then he's telling me, you know, his creative direction and it's not lining up with what I thought. And in fact, he left some marks that I think I'm going to come visit you someday to see oh, yeah, some cover maybe up. <laughs> do some cover up. Um, I've had other experiences where, you know, you go to the tattoo artist, he says, oh, it's going to take a couple hours. Then a few hours later, he's nowhere near being done, tells mm. you to come back some other day. So then he's just raking up the cost. Oh, yeah. And then you go back for the tattoo on the follow-up. The guy doesn't show up. It's like they live this sort of rock and roll lifestyle because yeah. there's not many people doing it. So they can actually screw off and, you know, play around with you like that. I hear a lot of stories like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely some bad experiences and it's hard to find someone that you really can trust. And, and it's expensive. Like you said, I remember yeah. the first tattoo I had, it was probably back then it was like $80 an hour. Then I remember it climbed yeah. to about 140 and now in all my experiences, it's at least 180, 190. I'm not sure it yeah. might even be more in Toronto, but 
Yeah, it's one one fifty to three hundred. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's quite a range. Easily, and it can go up. Like some guys are. I think uh, the guy from Chronic Inc. Uh, uh, is a uh, is the cousin uh, the cousin of a friend of mine. Uh, he uh, charges four hundred dollars an hour, and wow. he's booked like a couple years or five years in advance. I don't even know. But yeah, so it's uh, the thing is. Um, uh, like there, there's people that are going to be artists that are going to be really niche. So mm -hmm. they're going to do a very specific thing. And because they do that specific thing, it's one they're famous for. And mm -hmm. uh, um, I hardly been able to stick to one thing in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so for me to stick to one uh, vision in my art was like, uh, impossible i really try to like stick to one style i just cannot um and also uh i don't find it practical because mm. um a lot of people come with different uh tattoos different bodies different ideas and um and i'm now i'm able to actually merge a lot of these uh ideas together uh because i've learned those different styles and um and then and my father once told me, I was like, oh, I don't get it. Like, people are not buying my art. Like, I'm so talented. I can do realism. I can do impressionism, expressionism. Like, I, I'm crazy. I can do caricature. I can do cartoons. Like, come on, let's go. Give me something. Like, why isn't the world responding? <laughs> like, I, I can do, like, watercolor, aquarelle, pastel, oil, acrylic, uh, yeah. like, carving, sculpture. Everything. Like, yeah, like, I've done, and now tattooing and airbrushing and spray paint, like, come on let's go yeah <laughs> so then i was like and then he's like well you know what you have to learn different styles you can't just do realism you can't just do and i used to do like very weird stuff like mm. like creepy stuff almost because mm. for me art started as a um, uh, a therapeutic thing just like mm. freestyling um i believe that a lot of people are holding in a lot of pain and they need to let it out they need to uh, open their heart and when you just speak from your heart and not for your from your mind from all the, mm. the little classification folders we've got on everything the politically correct and everything that must be done in a certain way because there's a certain facet of the world that we have to follow and everything has to coincide a certain way so that we're like exactly what everybody wants to hear mm. then we just turn down the turn down the, the volume of our heart and mm. and if we crank it up just a little bit then and then we let go just a little bit more and let's say we freestyle or we take a pen and just draw whatever flows through our mind then you can actually get into a world and maybe it'd be weird maybe it'll be funny maybe it'll be cartoonish maybe it'll be humoristic like i have drawings where i draw like mosquitoes like um you know doing weird stuff and then yeah. like on anyways like like weird, weird, weird characters. And, and, you know, some people like it, some people don't. And I know people that love it with a passion because there's actually artists out there that have this style. Mm. It's just that I'll do that. But then when I do art for people, um, I like the realism because I love the challenge. I oh, love okay. the perfection. I love uh, being able to do something that's so hard to do that yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did that. Nice. When I, when I look at your style, I don't really have any realism tattoos. My tattoos are more like the old Sailor Jerry kind of style. Mm -hmm. um, 
I love those too. Yeah, I do too. But I've always wanted one of a, a dog I used to have and I wanted yeah. it in a kind of realistic form and I've seen your work and I think you might, you might be the guy for that someday. Come see you and get that. Yeah, I'm down. I'm here. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. <laughs> um, you mentioned, you know, living in Montreal and I remember you commented a while back on, on social media on one of the guests I had on, Chris Dyer, who's an amazing uh, artist in Montreal. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you ever come in contact with him or work together or do anything? Are you kidding me? Chris Dyer is like a brother to me. Really? It's like, yeah. No, he's like, <coughs> yeah, th this guy is just like, for me, he's like one, I told him like many times because, and he, it's funny because I, I told him a few things and a lot of our conversations were so meaningful because he's just a meaningful person and such yeah. a creative soul. He's he's a workaholic, like mm. uh, like an artcoholic. Like he basically, like I cannot understand how he materializes that much in so little time. Like wow. he he's just insane. And when I was in Montreal and I was kind of like, I was an artist, I was... I wasn't famous uh, in the most beautiful streetways you can imagine. I used to hang out with the legends of hip hop. And when I was like in that zone, my ego was so big. Like I had a huge ego. And, and, then, and then I remember it went to a huge downfall because I didn't have a job. I was starving. And then mm. I, I almost got uh, hired by the Crips and the Bloods. Uh, it went really, really, really dark, really quick mm. because uh, I wanted to become a professional graffiti artist. And I was like, I want to do whatever it takes and, mm -hmm. and not really looking for the best solutions. And, and it bit me in the ass because I'm, that's not who I am. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not an angry guy. I, like, I might appear aggressive because I'm really passionate. I'm really fiery. I'm three fire signs in one. So I'm just bursting out of flames. Like, and but uh, I basically, I realized that I have a family. I can't, you know, take that choice, that path. And then I did an exhibition in my uh, little hood in Montreal. And, you know, obviously, you know, like uh, a lot of the gangsters in the neighborhood were not like really vibing with my art, even though it was street art. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, whatever. It's all good, you know. But so then I, I really felt sad because I only had my close friends and I, I kept try to keep my game tight. And that's really important in, a, in order to understand why I, I love people and why I'm like a people person, yeah. hopefully. Or uh, I don't know. I think I am. No, I <laughs> but, say you are, yeah. But basically it's like, I was like, I was trying to keep my game tight and keeping the game tight is not the way because... Mm. When you want to be an artist, when you want uh, people to know who you are in order for you to be somewhat successful, to please at least, you need to know like 3,000 to please like, you know, 300 with love hearts. You know what I mean? Wow, like, yeah. so it's kind of like that. It's like, I, and then I was in the hood. I was deprived of anything. I, I turned into an alcoholic. I was like, I needed my cigarette, my fix, mm. my, I was like, like, yeah. I, I felt like a crackhead. So yeah. I was just like, and this guy is like popping paintings like nonstop. And then I go skateboarding with this guy. I hang out with my friend Ben. And then we were like, who's uh, done some uh, some little movies and clips for um, Chris Dyers. And who's a great friend of uh, Chris Dyers, uh, Ben Jackson. He's mm -hmm. 
um, a movie maker, um, indie movie maker, and a beautiful guy, uh, journalist and uh, photographer. Uh, so basic, and he surfs Habitat 67. He's like the guy that brought me there. I used to skateboard with this guy, street sessions. We used to drop the biggest sets in Montreal. Like we were like hardcore street guys, like always skateboarding anything that doesn't move. Mm. Um, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> the bushes, whatever, we'll jump over it. You know, oh, we were just yeah. like, yeah. And, and so seeing that guy and hanging out with Chris Dyer and seeing how successful he was at his art, going to his place and his like little VIP parties and, you know, hanging out with like some really famous people, you know, I was like, like, this guy is like, wow, like, how is he doing that? And then I started picking up boards and I like the boards symbolisms. I started doing boards and more paintings. And then and then he kind of motivated me because it's almost like a fiery person or at least uh myself i get like i get really excited when i see people being successful for things mm -hmm. that uh i have an interest in yeah and and it almost gives me an appetite for competition that i know mm. i am not competing with them because there's no competition there they're successful yeah. i'm just striving for it but yeah. it's exciting like you're competing with yourself to get yes. to that level yeah yes <laughs> And so, so yeah, relate. and then I, I've, I've went to, I got invited by him uh, in Toronto later on for an exhibition where I got to skateboard. And then I, uh, I, it was like this awkward moment where I told him, yeah, I spent like $10,000 and I'm still not famous. And, and, you know, and there's like, like graffiti artists, like, like bacon and, and, you know, uh, like a lot of crazy, beautiful graffiti artists that are doing like the most stunning artwork in the world. And, and then I'm just like, wow, and I wish I had those opportunities. So I was always like going from convenience stores to convenience stores to ask for murals, like, please, could mm. I do this? And it was really frustrating. Like, uh, but then, but then he, he took that on as a challenge and he started spray painting and now he's an amazing spray painter. And, yeah. and so you <laughs> see how like as a creative, a creative soul he is, like, it's like anything you throw at him, he's like, I'll take that. And yeah. And he's really good at it and he's a good guy, yeah. yeah. I saw recently, I think he's painting the Castle Skull from the old He-Man cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, I like his fusion with pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his style is like out of this world. Yeah, pop culture, spirituality, psychedelic. I, I just love his work. He sort of goes anywhere. I felt really pumped to have him on the show so early. Yeah, yeah, that's a big guy. And yeah, even his longboards, like he's got longboards in California. He's got a brand mm. of clothing and he's doing so good for himself. Like, yeah. it's beautiful to see like true artists succeeding. Like it yeah. just makes me, you know, believe in this world more. So what is it that provides your uh, bread and butter? Is it tattooing or are you doing other artwork or? So it's a bit of, it's a, um, it's a bit of everything. So uh, last year I pretty much had uh, uh, eight to 10 jobs. So eight jobs uh, part-time and then uh, 10 jobs that would uh, fly here and there if I had the chance. Hmm. So uh, last year I was on the grind like like crazy and I did my taxes and I did everything and so I was able to get some money for this like really tough time too but mm, you yeah. know it was uh, it, I always believe that if I keep my my tables open for any possibility 
and that came from my father because my father opened his school and he was he was a great businessman so um, a great entrepreneur he uh, he was successful enough to get a little retirement somehow and uh, you know and it's a tough life being an artist like um, Chris Dyer is in, is you know he's 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 a successful artist but a lot of artists you know don't have the same chance and there's crazy successful artists that may not have like a hundred thousand followers like um the guy that does all the faces and the paintings you know uh, uh in the streets of toronto uh this guy is like you know he's doing murals and everything now but uh you have you, ha you have a lot of a lot of like really talented artists that you know are striving and they do it for the passion because ultimately you want to be happy living a good life and mm. if you can make enough to to live on and hopefully save for a future then i think that's definitely your path um if you want to make money then you're gonna have to work so hard that you will literally like you will not sleep over it um mm -hmm. literally like i've done and even to sometimes because i find the winter to get depressing uh for a lot of people in toronto and ontario and so on and um and and surfing is definitely a counterbalance to that because you get in the water and you're like whoa i'm alive <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know so uh being you know being able to to i don't know where i was getting at honestly i think i lost track <laughs> no but you just gave me an idea like my regular day job i'm a mental health worker or an outreach worker so maybe i need to start taking my clients and dunking them in the water taking winter surfing yeah yeah <laughs> It honestly would be very therapeutic, but I couldn't imagine the insurance and paperwork for something like that. Yeah, that's that's the, yeah, that's that's the yeah, that's the other side of the reality. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's the dream, and then there's the ah, is that the reality? Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes but they combine. But essentially, though, for myself, teaching paddleboarding and a bit of surfing, that's what it is. It's not necessarily listed as mental health work. But I love yeah. doing those things um, to provide people with that experience that, you know, for guys like you and me, we know exactly how rewarding it is. Um, yes. It always blows my mind to think, but, you know, I hear your story and being around the water, being in the water, it's very normal for you. It's something that you grew up with. Same thing with me. But mm -hmm. there are many, many people who did not have that experience. And so they, you know, 40 years old and they're kind of afraid of the water or they get on a stand-up paddleboard, they start freaking out and, you know, run into the rocks. Like it's not a yeah. common thing for everybody. So yeah. it is very transforming. And I've seen people go from very little experience to getting on a paddleboard or a surfboard for the first time and it's like game changing life changing yeah it's like you know they talk about the you know when you uh born again christians it's like except they you know like the holy spirit comes on you that's what it is <laughs> it's like the stoke pours into your soul benediction. yeah yeah saint benedict is, is is giving you the gift of the gods <laughs> yeah the gift of stoke this gets us stoked. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I, I know mean. you. I know you kind of forgot your thought, but you know, before uh, we wrap up here, there's just a couple more things I gotta know about, man. You gotta tell me a little bit about the stunt man thing, mm. and 
also tell us about the the freestyling so uh well the freestyling uh was something that i started when i was 15 and uh um i was watching eight miles and everything was like um i had to reorganize my mind like towels uh i didn't want to let go out of everything because um you know there's many callings but you have to do what you love in life and it was a way to express um everything so i wanted to go beyond and above um in bliss so everything means something since once i was a kid i, I was like i love poetry and i used to write poems to um like girls i loved and um and beautiful poems i i wish i still had that agenda mm. um but basically uh that's that's how it started um you know when i was 15 and then i kept going and then i did freestyle battles uh then i met hip-hop artists underground rap uh gangster underground rap um then then i i got to um ciphers uh hip-hop ciphers underground uh more hip-hop ciphers then i kind of let down then i got back to it then whenever there was somebody freestyling i would freestyle with them and then i started doing like freestyle at shows uh in little cafes in toronto uh, again and um uh yeah uh, that's basically for the the rap i and I, I got the chance to meet a lot of hip hop artists from Toronto and Montreal and uh, other places uh, and Paris. My cousin also is a, is a rapper from a Warfare Crew um, in, uh, in France. Uh, so, so that was always part of it. And when I used to do graffiti, I used to hang up with uh, MCs and mm -hmm. DJs and, uh, you know, people smoking a lot of blunts. And so, so it was like, it was always like a cool thing, you know, um, and uh, and I was I was bathed in that culture. Like I was basically like a, a, a VJ a little bit because I was mm. DJing at some point. I was emceeing, breakdancing. I was a cool teenager, you know, to yeah. be like I was hanging out with the black kids. I was like, yo, yo, this is happening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was my, you know, that, that was something that I like I really loved from the beginning and um, and I sometimes refute it, and then I, I'm like, I can't. I just, yeah. it's in me. It's it's in it's in my roots now. It's just yeah. like, it's carved in. <laughs> you are a, you are a walking, talking expression, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. shortage of ex of finding ways to express yourself. It sounds like I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. And for the the stunt, I did a well when I was doing a lot of graffiti. Um, I used to climb on buildings. I hanged off mm -hmm. uh, bridges uh, with one hand, multiple bridges uh, in the GTA and uh, in Montreal. Uh, I used to do like stunts myself. So I was basically a ninja before I had the ninja training. Um, <laughs> okay. And I did the, I jumped off two floor story buildings because they were calling on me beside a highway, landed on gravel, carved in my wow. knee. I jumped on trains uh, rolling. Uh, learn how to hop on trains rolling at full speed. Not the oh fast, my. fast ones, but the, yeah, yeah. the the ones that go all across, I guess. Um, to Is not this mention. For, for film? For film and TV? No, or? no okay. that's, just, that's just for fun. So oh. you know, uh, I, I did some stunt training with uh, Stunt Stage, and then I got uh, in contact with a lot of uh, friends that did stunts. 
And so I train uh, uh, whenever I get a chance. Um, and, uh, and then basically that's just, I've been pushing towards it. I've only been hired for special skills, but you know, maybe one day they'll hire me for something. Um, I do juggle with fire um, and uh, both. Of course you do. Yes. <laughs> I spat out fire once just to try it. And I was like, wow, it's not that hard, but it looks nope. sketchy. Wow. Yeah. You're like uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss, man. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So, dude, I usually ask the question, you know, what else gets you stoked? But I think that that question is irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, you are stoked for life, man. You're freaking doing everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the uh, I'm actually really stoked that I can actually like surf. Uh, and when I was a kid in Paris, I used to buy a surfer's magazine mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, have the big posters of Maui waves. And honestly, I used to look at those waves and imagine myself going down them and mm -hmm. uh, and my whole life I was fascinated with, uh, with big waves. And I, I had this passion, even when I was surfing in Lake Ontario, I used to go like deeper into the lake. I actually swam from the middle of the lake without mm -hmm. a board once in a storm because I got caught out by my uh, kite wow. and swam all the way back with a wetsuit, sweating, um, oh, wow. in a Scary. storm in the fall. Yeah. The cops, everybody was waiting for me, the fire trucks. They're like, Oh, you want us to help you? And I was like, no, I'm already there, bro. I swim the whole <laughs> lake. What's going on? But, uh, yeah. So that kind of stuff is what makes you though. I mean, those experiences yeah. that shapes a person. Yeah. I got a, I got a tattoo here. Uh, this is the, the Fujin. Okay. So it's basically the, the, the God of the wind. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. a demon. Yeah. Well, and, he had his grips on you that day, man. Yeah. So he's holding <laughs> a parachute and okay. he's basically the one that controls the wind. Wow. And then this is my spiritual journey, the Buddha. Mm. The temple is my body. Yeah. And in a waterfall with the, the lion falling. This is Ariel, my middle name. Oh. So, so basically it. it's the fallen angel. And um and I felt like when I was a kid, I was just bathed into hell straight up. And then mm -hmm. I, I was supposed to race from the from hell to go to heaven. That was how I felt like from the beginning. So that's why there was a lot of suffering. And I almost embraced that as if mm -hmm. it was like something that I was supposed to go through, I guess. And, um, and even when you go surfing, it's, it's kind of like that you get in the water, everything is really cold and you feel that and it's great and revitalizing, but also you're in the water, you can move. It's like a swimming pool. That's so big. It's not like your bathtub where you just like, there's two walls in between, like it's freedom. Yeah. And this, the search for freedom, I think is like, is the biggest stoke in life. If you can mm. have that, if you can feel freedom, yeah. To be able to be out there and experience the limitless love that you can expand, then that's a true calling. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Hey, yeah. uh, I know I'm going backwards here a little bit, but I yes. got to ask you about Paris. Now, mm -hmm. I've never been to, uh, I've never been overseas. Of course, I really want to. I especially want to go to France because of my own French heritage. Yes, I sir. really want to check that out. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, a lot of people, they they actually say that they talk about Paris like it's a complete dump hole. It's like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? So I've heard this sort of 
it sounds like there's a real yin and yang there in Paris. Like there's sort of, must be multiple sides to that place. Yeah. Because you see it in movies. It's so beautiful and it's so rich. And I think it was these guys I met and they told me, oh, if you were in Paris and you took out your cell phone and you were looking at it like this, you know, people would just come and take it and smash it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's a, uh, it's honestly, there's, is it okay if I smoke? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let, let so, okay, cool. Uh, oh, yeah, it's legalized here. <laughs> yeah, man, all about expression for sure. True. So basically, um, last time I went, uh, I, I, I have this fear of going to sleep, so I can't go to sleep, like, I need to, my, my day needs to be full because I have so much energy that um, I will literally like, like drive through a wall um, just with my body. Like it's so basically, you know, I, at 5 a.m., I still couldn't sleep. And I'm like, man, like I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Like what's going on? Like I'm trying to sleep. And then, and then I'm like, you know what? Uh, and I didn't exercise for like a week. And because I exercise, I surf in the lakes, you know, and it's like intense at Azure Bridge Bay when you get pounded by, <laughs> by these yeah. twins. You're seeing one meter 0.5 and you want to get to that back barrel behind by Pinot. And there's yeah. no way to get there because the whitewash is just murdering you. Yeah, Because yeah. you get tossed brain freeze. You're like, ah! your hair is in your face. You don't even know where your board is. You know, it's yeah. like beautiful. I can but, identify uh, with all of that except for the hair part. Yeah. <laughs> well, soon, soon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe the beard. Okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so then I went out for a run, and 5 a.m. I went by um, Barbès Rochechouart, uh, uh, Pigalle, uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, Place de Clichy. So um, uh, reverse out all those those spots, and then that's basically the trajectory I had on the way in. But that was the one on the way out, and. And you see all these people and they're the, the thing is there's a lot of alcoholism because mm. weed is not legal. There's, um, uh, there's, uh, the cops are a little intense, uh, mm. in Paris. There's some that are really intense and some that are just not respected at all. Uh, okay. at least that was in the past, but yeah. now it's more, uh, more hardcore. And, um, and yeah, and there's, uh, so it smelled like piss like everywhere it was like horrible like i was running like i was like almost i felt like like i wanted and then there was you know like like barf everywhere it was like oh my god and yeah, and then you go to the sacre coeur and then you have like i went with my girl and then there's these these gangsters like pointing laser at you and there's a prostitute at the top and then they're like drug dealing here and then they're like beating up another guy on the side and then all of a sudden i'm like babe just keep walking keep walking don't even look at them because you look at them that's it it's a something's gonna start uh -oh, yeah. and then and then i was like oh boy and then we walk out and we see like a a whole truck uh full of we call crs uh i'm not gonna say the joke that goes with it but okay um <laughs> but basically they just arrive and then the, the truck pulls out and you see all these like monkey warriors pulling out with guns and like batons wow. and they're like and they like start taking all these gangsters and i'm like oh my god we just ran away from all of that <laughs> yeah but otherwise paris is the most beautiful place for monuments yeah. for culture if you want to learn about arts paris i'm a hundred percent telling you musée du louvre musée yeah. d'orsay 
um, you have to do the whole La Seine. Uh, La Seine is kind of polluted, but they're trying to clean it up. So especially the Canal Saint-Martin has been cleaned up. Um, you have to go to the Parc de la Villette. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a huge park. Uh, you'll be walking for a while. You can take a, um, a bike and ride it through the park. Uh, and they also have like the Uber bikes, electric bikes, all kinds of like uh, scooters that they, uh, they leave everywhere. Um, so hopefully those things will still be there when you guys go because they're trying to ban those. Mm. But uh, it's like awesome. You can travel through Paris on like an uh, electric scooter. I hope they bring those in Toronto. Mm. And, you can, and it's way cheaper than Montreal. Montreal, the prices mm. are insane. Like it's twice or three times more expensive than in Paris, just so wow. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then you can go to the Eiffel Tower, Champ de Mars, Trocadero, uh, Palais de Tokyo. It's also a museum. There's tons of museums. There's museums everywhere. Uh, there used to be Notre Dame. Now it got, uh, it got kind of, you know, uh, tormented. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, Le Sacré-Cœur, uh, go during the day. Don't go at night because it's a hangout spot. We used to hang out with our friends and smoke pot and drink booze. Mm. Um, and now I guess it's the bigger, uh, uh, the bigger dogs that are barking at the top. So, you know, you got to watch out and certain times at night. Um, and uh, yeah, if you don't feel something, don't go there. Go to places where there's a lot of people. It's better. Uh, close your pockets because there's pickpockets. Uh, don't talk to uh, people that want to hand you out things because they will get you into a loop of uh, different stuff. That's how you stay safe in Paris for the most part. Don't have any flashy things that you can show off because it's not Toronto where you can walk, uh, you know, with three gold chains, uh, even though you're not like tugged out. But, yeah. you wow. know. Okay. Otherwise, you, you have to carry your own weight and be ready for, <laughs> for some spicy uh, adventure. But it's yeah. um, if you stay genuinely cool and you don't show fear, uh, you should be good. And you have to be just a cool person also. Like, you know, um, I mean, it depends on your level of confidence, you know, physically also, yeah. you know, then you can hang out with anybody out there. Um, so what I'm gathering is don't go to Paris and cosplay as Mr. T and <laughs> don't go down piss in Bar Valley. No. <laughs> oh, right on, man. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of that, but uh, um, uh, you have to understand Paris has a like a, a culture like the art is insane. Like Le Musée du Louvre will take you three days uh, to visit if mm. you're running. Wow. Um, so it's a huge, huge place for arts. Anybody that's interested in like discovering like the you know, uh, the art of um, the century of the lights and all these guys, like from those times and, and so on, you will see a lot, you will learn a lot. Um, also, France is a beautiful country. There's not only just Paris. Um, we have hundreds of castles. Uh, we have um, uh, counties and uh, uh, places where they have different wines, different cheese. Uh, mm. There's a cheese map of France. Um, there's different breads, there's different pastries. Uh, the culinary taste is like out of this world. Mm -hmm. uh, we take a lot of pride in agriculture and uh, sane agriculture, if I may say. So it's, um, it's nothing like GMO. Uh, GMO is like banned in France. Mm -hmm. If it is, then it's announced in the ingredients, contrary to Canada. Um, nice. So they take pride in that and they will fight for that. And they're still fighting for that because, you know, 
people with money will do anything to crush uh, yeah, yeah. the little specks on the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like Waves philosophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. So, dude, we're we're wrapping up here, but hey, man, um, where can people connect with you online? Um, so by uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, I reply to uh, all the comments. Uh, I try to stay, you know, uh, in the in the loop with everyone because I get a lot of people messaging me on Facebook. Uh, Yannick Torres, you will see me. Uh, I got long hair. You can't miss mm -hmm. me. And then um, um, otherwise, if you want to check my art, you can go on uh, Bees as the Bees. Uh, bees art on one word these okay. art on and uh with an s and then and two e's and then basically uh that's where i post a lot of my art i try to uh show mostly the bigger pieces now because i really want to show people that you know this is an art and um um that's that yeah right on so dude before we go you got the stage you got the mic Mm -hmm. Do you got a one final message you want to put out there to the world? I have one, and I think it's a true Canadian one. And it's okay. basically, um, you know, like we live we live in a multicultural country, and I find it's the most beautiful country for one thing mm -hmm. is uh, the fact that we have people from all around the world, mm -hmm. and um, we should definitely embrace our differences. We can learn yeah. from each other cultures. So it's um, uh, never be scared to share, you know, your philosophies um, and, uh, and, and ways to perceive, you know, one person might learn a lot from another person. Um, and I want to encourage people to actually socialize, especially during COVID. Um, it's very easy to be distant and fearful. And, uh, and that fear is definitely something that will eat our mind and eat our opportunities sometimes. So if you have a chance to uh, love and trust uh, people, and I always say you got to trust people um, uh, no matter what and always keep an eye out, but make sure you trust them because it's really important um, to give that feeling of trust if, because some people may feel certain things. So, you know, and yeah, that's it. It's like Toronto is amazing, man. We have like the Great Lakes. We got these three lakes like right beside each other. Uh, if you go up north, you got even Montreal River. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of spots. And um, yeah, I want everybody to just enjoy the water whenever there's a chance. You have to go and you don't know how good you're going to feel until you get in the water. And that's yeah. the truth. Well, hey, I was surfing in Oshawa on uh, Boxing Day. Um, didn't see you there. I saw Gordon Grover was there and Larry was there. Um, oh, I was there. I was there. Yeah, you must not have been there when I was there. Julio was there. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe yeah. that was the day I wasn't there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I thought we almost kind of met. But right now we're in the red zone. But uh, yeah, man, once things kind of calm down or if some good surfing comes up, I look forward to meeting you in person, man, and, and hanging out in Toronto and catching some waves together. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Well, you know, if uh, if there's some waves at Woodbine Beach, sometimes I post on uh, on Toronto Surf and I'm like, wow, Woodbine Beach is firing. Let's go. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like I'm there to see it. So I, I always feel like it's my responsibility. And there's right some big waves in the back. 
guy. Like, nice. I have some pictures where you see a subboarder and the wave is a meter on top of his head wow. and he's passing and he's got the stick like this and he's still not touching the top of the wave. And I'm on wow. top of there and I, I see that drop and there's a sandbar at the back. Yeah. Don't tell the locals. No. You can't <laughs> surf. You can't surf the Great Lakes, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Waves are... The waves are real on the Great Lakes, and bro, it's nice to meet another guy who is permastoke, man. Yes, That's and don't be afraid of the, the shore break. The shore break is also good. Sometimes right at the shore, uh, there's these little spots where you'll find mm -hmm. these little wedgy wave. Like, take a look at the, the beach. Sometimes people go to the same spot where everybody goes. But take a look because usually, like, I'm not in the pictures because I'm that one guy that found that one wave <laughs> on the side. <laughs> okay, you're on the peripheral. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, right on, right on, man. All right, Yanni. Man, dude, it's been awesome talking to you. It's been inspirational. It's been uh, legendary. I'm feeling uplifted, bro. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll have to hang out. And yeah. uh, stay safe out there in the red zone, dude. Yeah, yeah, literally like social distance. I got the mask. I, I do it all. I hand sanitize. You know, I keep my distance. My bubble yeah. is like tight. Are you and still tattooing during COVID or probably uh, not during this lockdown? Yeah, no, it's like yeah. it's it's, you know, we got to we got to stay safe. Right. So yeah. I'm doing a lot okay. of like art. Uh, I've done uh, paintings for uh, birthday, Christmas, um, uh, sketches for people. Um, and then I got lucky to be on a show, uh, uh, the Apple TV show, the main one. I'm not supposed okay. to say the name. So. All right. We'll wait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right so on, there we go. Nice. Yanni, I'll yes? talk to you later, bro. But for now, stay stoked. All right. Permastoke always. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody i hope you guys enjoyed listening or watching that show man mahalo to yannick ariel torres behind what a great guy what a great interview man that guy is grabbing life and by the horns you know what i mean so hey you can connect with this social media king all over the place man he is on facebook at yannick torres ariel behind he's on instagram at yannick ariel behind and bees arton I'm not going to spell those out. They are in the show notes. And of course, this guy is on YouTube at Yannick Ariel Bihan and Yannick Bihan. Again, thanks for tuning in. You didn't have to, but you did because you rule. Also, Central Canadian Surfing Association, thank you for sponsoring the show. If you haven't already, check out Surfing A Magazine. Man, this thing is full of color and it is beautiful. to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasegas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasegas. For more information visit www.wasegas.com. Mahalo to the Planet Smashers as well and Stomp Records for allowing us to play Surfing in Tofino off their 1999 album Life of the Party. You can visit them at www.stomprecords.com. And to the Scrapes, mahalo for providing Wait and See off your 2018 self-titled album, Scrapes. 
For more information on Scrapes, visit www.scrapesmusic.bandcamp.com. But of course, mahalo to all you great listeners out there. We are so thankful that you chose to join us for this episode, and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are certainly on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever it is, man, that you get your podcast, we are there. So please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to share this with your friends and family over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. You can learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and check out our products and services at www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. You can even sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our surf sup and yoga schedules, and other exciting news. And hey, you can even find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup industry, or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and the Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sub Club. And as well, if you've got an idea for a collaboration, you'd like to recommend a future guest, you'd like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup, or yoga, or maybe you want to carry our products in your store, or your company is interested in being a sponsor of this show, or for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek, D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfgoods.com. I look forward to next time, Freshies, and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, keep surfing, and stay stoked.